welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I get to speak with Emily Quant today, whom I've known for a few years, and we actually did a podcast episode a few years back. She is launching this month a support program for unschooling communities. If you don't know what unschooling is yet, we will get to that. So she's going to help these communities build themselves and help them to thrive and continue to exist. It is called The System, and she will be also launching a podcast, which is where all of the support for this program is going to exist. She is the oldest girl of eight children, the mother of two unschoolers herself, and she is the co-founder of an organization called Free to Learn which was founded in 2016. So it's been going on for a good, good many years now. All right, well, let's get into this and welcome Emily. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. So you got into, well, we, we met through the Joshua community and we discovered that we both were unschooling mamas. So that was fun. And the reason I knew that was because actually your Zoom title was free to learn. And I was like, I read that book. Does that have anything to do with? Yeah. It does. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We actually got the name of free to learn separate from the book. We just, yeah, it organically was like, that was the only thing that it could be. So, um, but free to learn was my first intro to unschooling in community. So Mm. it was very apropos, even though it came in different circumstances. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I just recently learned that the, um, I thought I had coined the term emotional fluency, which I totally didn't, but it, I, I came up with it independently of the, the other thing. Yeah. Um, the, What's funny about that book, actually, for me, and that's like so crazy synchronistic, is that the writer of that book, Peter Gray, was married to someone who was in my spiritual community who would come to this yearly event each year. So I actually, my ex-husband knew that kid that was in the book because he used wow. to do the, the high school camp or the the teen camp. Wow. Yeah. So crazy. Um, All world. <laughs> yeah. So... But what I what I'm uh, really intrigued by what you do, because it is different from what I do. I don't have like a community that I um, unschool with and you do. And I love community. So (laughs) it's so magical. Once you have community, you get so addicted to it that you can't ever go back. We (laughs) we went to smaller pods during um, covid Mm. and yeah, everybody is just just gets to be chomping at the bit we gotta get back we gotta do it more and then the kids always want more more and more time you can never have enough time so yeah doing it in community is a whole different thing that is just magical it unlocks all of these uh extra venues right of like um there's so many things that you do just because you're in relationship with someone and especially with kids right the 12 year old is working on crocheting and a five-year-old would not necessarily want to do that except that they absolutely love this 12 year old and so he's just going to be sitting with the 12 year old and watching 
And then eventually he's like, hey, I want to do, you know, give me my own hook. I want to do that. So there's a huge, huge opportunity bank that opens up when you mm-hmm. scaffold the ages and put everybody together doing everybody who is interested in their own things. And then everybody else is interested because those people are interested. So it's really phenomenal. How does that work? Like logistically, I'm wondering because the, well, here, cause my framework for co-op, I guess, which is sort of a community for co-op and homeschool was like, we would sign up for the movement class or the writing class or the Minecraft class or whatever. And then you take your kid. It was a specific hour, <clears throat> whatever. My kids hated this because they don't want to sign up for a class where some adult is telling them what to do, which is like why I unschool me. So, you know, so I'm, I would love to bring them to a place where they're just free to learn, you know, free to, play, <laughs> free to like do whatever with other kids. Um, I haven't, I have not found that. Um, yeah. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, what happens is you, you bring your kids and to begin with, right. They don't know anyone yet. And they're just kind of getting the lay of the land and they're not sure, you know, what the structure is really going to be. There's a bunch of unknowns when you go into any situation and kids experience all of those. Right. But when you let them self-direct, then they are going to actually like, typically they'll cocoon away for a little bit um, and just observe and get comfortable in the situation. So if you have, if you're going in, even for an unschooling community where you have offerings available, they still are not able to just have a nothing space where they're getting the lay of the land, where they're like listening to these people converse over here and these people converse over here and feeling out like, oh, this is probably like, I can insert a sentence over here, but I'm definitely not going to be playing and, you know, just their natural space to express themselves, like where they're going to fit in. So when you have community where you can just come all day, every day, you just pop in and and you see all of the offerings, right? We have an offerings board. We do, we set our days in the morning and go over everything that's available. And then we, you know, check in who wants to do anything else. And we add those things on. And then you don't have to do any of those things, right? You can just be in the space together with everyone else. You can say that you want to do them, but when the time comes to do them, you're not, you know, you're deeply engrossed in your Lego project and totally don't want to do it anymore. So that's totally okay. Um, Or you can do something completely different. (laughs) Like, okay, I wanted to do these things. I had a bunch of things that I was going to do, but instead I was up super late because my cousins were over. And so I just took a nap all day. So all of those are completely valid options to do. And it really makes a big difference of like, no, you don't have to sign up for all the things that you talked about being interested in. You can just do whatever you want, Hmm. which is pretty much the epitome of (laughs) self-direction. Right, right. And when you say you're just there all day, so like, I, I think I know from speaking to you in the past that it it is sort of like a school and that it has like operating hours. It is. Yeah. So we, we've always had uh, before care, which is offered, you know, one of the facilitators might come in early um, in the event for like working parents that need to leave them a little bit early. And then we just have regular school hours from 930 to 330 or whatever the year entails. Um, and then we have had aftercare 
as well to facilitate that same thing with the parents. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody wants to stay as long as possible. So they definitely need at least, um, at least a school day's worth. Yeah. Yeah. That's really and even that, I mean, if you go from nine 30 to three 30, that's not, a, it's never enough time. It feels like like you have so, everybody has so many things they want to be doing and there's just never enough time. That's a, that sounds different from my experience of school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it really is. Um, but actually they get, you know, when, as adults, when we're going through our days and we have so many things that we're pretty excited to do, right. Mm -hmm. It does feel we get into that, like, I have so many experiences that I want to experience in this day. It feels almost like, oh, I didn't get to experience everything. And so I know, because yeah. days seem so short. Yeah. 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 So we we do that. We find the kids doing that a similar thing of like, wait, the day's over. Oh no. She's <laughs> yeah. great because that's what you want, right? Like that's really that's truly what learning and engaging with life is, is like you always, if you're in a space where you want more of your life, that's the best possible situation that you can have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So do, do parents sign up for like a year kind of thing? With, yeah. Yeah. It's a regular, um, enrollment like you would do with any school. Um, we've had a bunch of things with the parents and enrollment and everything. We are an agile learning community. And so everything is actually agile. <laughs> so it's all flexible to work with everyone, right? So if we know like here, you're here in the fall and you're going to be moving in February, then that's the period of your enrollment. Mm. You know? So we've done every kind of different thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a fall to spring regular school year. We start just because we're used to it. We always do our years, uh, old, old school fashion where we start after Labor Day and, and right before Memorial Day. So, um, yeah, we love that. Mm -hmm. The kids are like, why is summer so long? But we're <laughs> But we do, we do a lot of like day camps and trainings. And so we do have opportunity to get together. And then if enough kids want to do it, we can run summer programs as well. Mm -hmm. So if it works for families, we do just find that families are often doing other explorations like out of town and whatnot. So yeah, there's tons of options. Right. Yeah. We, we seem to be traveling quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being involved in like ongoing activities is always a little bit challenging. Yeah, which works too, right? We've had several different families who are in and out. We had one that was in the process of moving to Texas for like several years. And so we're in California and they were like doing this back and forth as they're building their business and getting everything ready mm -hmm. there. But that everybody's home base is still here. So, you know, it was just, we just scheduled out like which, which are the weeks that you're going to be here, which are not um, for staffing. If it, if it is important for those kind of things, um, you know, it's really just keeping in touch with it, each other and making it work. Yeah. How many people do you have, or like kids do you have? So we've had anywhere from 
seven to 35. Oh, that's a, that's a big span. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the more, the merrier, you just want a lot of kids. We definitely want to have, you, you want to build it as, as much as you can. So <laughs> there's so much life that comes with every individual child that enters that you never really want it to be. You, basically it'll have a cap of like 150 staff and kids mm. because that's like in your circle in a community you can only remember that many names <laughs> first names like once you pass over that you won't be able to keep track of everybody's first name but um yeah pretty much you want to have as many as you can as many as your space can fit for sure yeah mm -hmm. so where did the idea for creating the system come from so I am a West Coast Agile um, trainer. So I've been I've hosting, we started hosting trainings just because we wanted them for ourselves at Free to Learn right away. Um, so we had our first training before we were even open full three months and hosted it at our location. And then now I am a trainer um, and I just facilitate facilitators, right? So um, can I just ask you before you what is what is agile learning is that the same thing agile learning, learning, or is it is it, it, it is yes it's just a model to facilitate unschooling it's like okay. a framework that you build in order to keep everybody safe and make agreements with each other and like keep your fl the flow of your days going mm -hmm. um and it's based in uh the actual agile model which comes from uh computer software you told me about this before yeah we're coming back okay but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's in i mean real simple it's just to get a piece of computer software from out of somebody's head into a product that we can hold in our hand mm -hmm. and um or have on our desk so it's all the steps broken down so easily that really a five-year-old can manage the whole process um, and also different levels of communication. Like some people like me, if I go into a meeting and it's supposed to be like open for everyone, there's going to be a lot of people who just see my mouth yap, 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 yap in. And they're like, she never really stopped talking. So I never said my thing, right? Mm -hmm. This model makes sure that the playing field is leveled so that a five-year-old has the same voice as everyone else in the whole system, including me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it also flattens it. So there isn't really a pyramid, there isn't a hierarchy of who is in charge. It just uh, evens everything out. So we're just facilitating the kids being present and doing what, what they wanna do basically. But that agile model is the model in which it really flourishes pretty well. Okay, okay. And it's also really easy to pass on. So it's very visible. It doesn't take, uh, you know, it's like a lifelong learning process to implement it, but it's very easy to just pass it on to a new facilitator, pass it on to a new family, pass it on to the kids. It really doesn't take very long to just get the, get into the swing of it and, and really use it. So that's what we use. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Is that something that you use in your home as well? Yeah, everybody uses it. <laughs> 
it's it's phenomenal we use it in our relationships we use it like with our spouses uh we use it with our siblings like it's a phenomenal tool to use in everyday life so yeah we definitely are crazy about using it (laughs) there's not been any family who hasn't uh who hasn't implemented it in their home once they learned it. <laughs> okay, so getting back to the system. Yeah. So basically I was doing all this coaching of families and I was getting all these calls because I'm, you know, uh, somebody to call on the West Coast who has a thriving community. People would call me and be like, oh my gosh, I really want you what you have, but I can't move to you. How do I do this? And to be honest, this just magically happened for us. I don't, we just were super aligned, I guess, because it was amazing. So when we started, we had four incredible women on our team, right? We had, um, well, okay, plus two others. There were two others who started it. One had already started a Sudbury, one who was amazing at building community, right? So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) So, um, that was like the very beginning, the birthing of it was like, we had access to these incredible humans who could kind of cast the vision for us. And then when we got into the nitty gritty, we have these four other people, like one is a ridiculous quality control person for uh, engineering plans for airplanes. <laughs> <Ten-year-old>. <laughs> for those of you who can't see the video, we've so far seen a cat and then a what would you call that? A creeper. A, a creeper, creeper dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go um, ahead. Yeah, so we had these incredible women to put together our team. Like uh, we had somebody who had 95 franchises that she was a part, involved in for her personal business. And then we had somebody who was just like magical with spending time with kids and like drawing out their amazingness. And then I am both an administrator and... Um, kind of a community builder. And I definitely got my 10,000 hours in on having, like being able to work with kids without any authority. Hmm. Because when I was a kid, I was the oldest of all those kids and a bunch of cousins. There's like a passel of kids that I was always like at the top of, but I didn't have any authority. So I had to figure out how to level the playing field and still like accomplish stuff. Right? Oh, Wow. Yeah. So that is basically, I don't, that's, that's, there's a bunch of stuff about kids and how to let them be in freedom that I know. And I don't know how I know it. I just learned it being the oldest kid of this passel of other kids. Okay. You've said that word twice now. I've never heard it before. Passel? Passel? Yeah. It's like a a group. (laughs) Wow. That's, that's an amazing, that's a cool word. Thank you. I think my grandpa used to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. And it's always been used in my family because there's like, I'm one of eight. I had seven cousins in another group. I had um, five cousins in another group. And then we had this church, uh, which was our community then of like six kids, five kids, four kids. Like Mm -hmm. it was just a massive kid group. There was kids everywhere. (laughs) And, and I was oftentimes at the top of that passel. (laughs) Yeah. So um, anyway, the, the, 
people would be calling me all the time and asking me, you know, Hey, we want to do this same thing. How do we do it? And I basically had to tell them like, you're screwed. Like, <laughs> unless you have like some sort of a miracle team, <laughs> right? like, there's this alchemy that was happening. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, um, you know, if you're just one family in your space and there's a bunch of people who are like somewhat maybe interested, like, we're dabbling in unschooling but we're also like world schooling a little bit or whatever everybody's doing or just we're just homeschooling but maybe we want something a little different like without the without the alchemy of all these magical people it's really hard for me to like sure you can do this (laughs) um even three months into what we were doing with free to learn, we had our first, that first training and people were there wanting to do the same thing. Like people, people came from all over California and wanted to do the same thing where they were. And, you know, you can, it's possible, but the amount of force that it takes is a little ridiculous. So it's challenging. Mm -hmm. And I've been fielding those calls since then, coaching people, you know, I'm getting those calls and be like, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. And so I don't, I'm not in love with uh, people resourcing me for help and not having something to give them. Hmm. So that's where it was born of is like, I started um, just visioning, like, I really want to be able to provide this for anyone, even just a single mom who is just herself and her one child you know they should be able to somehow build this thing up and so I've just been rewriting and rewriting and rewriting (laughs) like thinking running into problems and and our for our community we've like lived out quite a few of the troubles that you will encounter in a community like this and so just kind of taking note and um making sure that that all those bases were covered So the agile model covers a ton of bases, um, but there's the situation of, you know, and agile, the network, it's a global network. You join the network and and then you get just a massive amount of support, which is really helpful. Um, But there was always the financial piece of really, you need a bit of cash because if you're, say, a single mom with just your son, you've got an eight-year-old son and you want this, you're going to also need a tax preparer and you're going to need somebody to write your paperwork, you know, to get your nonprofit. And you're going to need somebody to facilitate your eight-year-old unschooler while you are providing for him, right? You're going to need money to pay that person. So there's like so many things that the whole house kind of crumbles without finances behind it. So um, the missing piece was really putting in that uh, that financial piece so that everyone has the ability to come into the school with like pretty much 15 grand each. Like for every kid, we really need, I think California has come and most of the states have really come upon something real in that the budgets for education for for a year in a child's life is about $15,000. Wow, a year? That's how a much year. invested in each child? Yeah, that's how much the state spends about. 
And that's so, only if you're going to public school. It's not like you get that if you're homeschooling you. Yeah, no, definitely not. So, um, and that's to pay for like the ad, the administration and the, all the paperwork and all the like employment taxes and their QuickBooks subscription. Like there's a huge amount. So from running this for all these years, like we've calculated it. And really, if you want to pay your facilitators a living wage, like you really do have to have a fair chunk of money per kid. Hmm. And then also you want kind of an intimate situation where there are enough facilitators, like a, a good solid community of adults in with the solid community of children, right? So you want to have this spread of age mixing. And at some point, those people are also going to need to live. And so you have to pay them. So yeah, that's about what it costs. So um, the system is just like putting all the pieces together. Okay, what do we have here? What do we have there? And then this last piece that we just figured out is the financial piece so that every family can come in and bring in that income. It's not, so it's not a strain Mm -hmm. to the family. Um, Yeah, so they, you can bring your kid and um, build your community and but then also, you know, if you, we go back to our single mom, she starts doing this, she's building this now as that money comes in, right, it's going to work up from zero to the 15,000. But as it works up, works up, she's going to now be paying a facilitator to come in and facilitate. And it's very easy to bring in more families in that way, right? And then, um, yeah, it just builds on itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in this scenario, the mother is not being there all day with the kid because we're assuming that she's has another job. So this is like in. So any mother who that is their passion is more than welcome to do that. Hmm. Right. So that's fine. But what we found is first off, we don't facilitate our own children in our schools right oh. like, so if my if my kids need something like comfort they fell and they're wounded and they need to be comforted then that's for sure something that I will be on top of uh-huh. but um there's a bunch of like learning how to be with people conflict resolution um just like can you help me with my lunch right and if I packed your lunch and I have told you like a thousand times already how to facilitate your lunch, I'm going to come to you with your request of how to help you with your lunch in a really different way than a new person who's like, hi, I haven't seen you since yesterday at three. Like we have no problems. Mm-hmm. So we really don't, except for comfort and f- like some fun things, we really don't encourage the parents to be facilitating their own kids. There's just a huge amount of baggage that we bring into our relationships that we really hmm. don't need. Hmm. Interesting. What yeah. sort of help would a kidney with their lunch? Oh, like heating it up, right? They brought oh, their lunch. Yeah. And it's in the fridge and it's a something that's supposed to be warm and they just need to figure out how to use the microwave. Um, right. So it's not a, not a huge thing or whatever but yeah there's a ton of little things like that where you get like these this little trickle of parentness happening that we're not really looking for 
another parent relationship. We're looking for just a supportive adult. Yeah. That's so funny. That makes so much sense. I, I am, I am call. I basically let my kids just sort of have their day. I mean, we, you know, we have outings and things like that, but sometimes there's just chill days and it's like, all right, I'll see you at lunch. But the one thing that I am always called for is, well, either spelling something or I'm hungry. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like somebody else could do that. <laughs> Very easily. Right. And yeah. It, for for us as parents too, like just packing up a lunch and having it in the fridge for them to grab in the mornings as we go out the door is way easier and doesn't take any of our mind. Or we teach them how to pack their own lunches or whatever. But then when we get into facilitating that at school, it's just a different thing. And some parents can navigate it, but it's challenging. Then there's always like rough spots in there. Okay. Just not facilitating your own children is really a great way to go. <laughs> so in that sense, are you sort of assigned a few kids and they know to go to you? No, no. it's whoever is in. So in relationships, right? Anytime you need support, you always have your people who are in your room, like the people who are closest to you. So I've got three people here. We're all playing she thinks that this doll is hers, but I'm pretty sure it's mine, right? Mm -hmm. Like then since there's three of us here, we'll call on that third person first because we're in our immediate space. Mm -hmm. If you can't work it out there, you call on someone in the room. If you can't work it out with that support of people in the room and maybe you need a facilitator or someone potentially older, um, you grab either someone, someone older that you would trust or a facilitator to come in at that point. But yeah, definitely it's just whoever's available. That's also the safety net that we're setting in for having age, the different age spans, right? We've got a five-year-old and a 17-year-old all in free space. Mm -hmm. And we have to absolutely be sure that that five-year-old is empowered to be 100% percent safe at all times right so no matter what happens in that scaffolding of humans that they're surrounded by they always can like reach out for immediate help uh and support in any situation i'm trying to understand how you make sure that you're not facilitating your own child is it that they know not to come to you or you know not to involve if it's something that uh, I think it's just something that if it's sensitive, you know, something that you're kind of like about, um, you just tell them to go find someone else. <laughs> okay. So it's that simple. It's not like a rule. It's just like, I think you should go ask him. <laughs> yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Or somebody's standing at the microwave. They're going to have to wait in line anyway. And you just say, oh yeah, so-and-so can help you with that. It's really simple. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So you, you are passionate about being involved and not and not doing something else while your child is doing this. I mean, you've been doing this for a while, right? No, I have. But actually, even though this is like 100% my passion, I actually don't, I want to help other families do the same thing. Like the day to day of being in with the kids is actually not a huge, like, I, I, I feel like I need to be there and like go visit and take everybody to, you know, do like an offering here and there. But um, like, I am a horrible timekeeper. So if I set an mm -hmm. offering, I'm like, oh, we're going on a walk to town at one. <laughs> like, 
oh my gosh, those poor children, right? Like <laughs> someone else has to time keep for me because mm -hmm. it's just like not a skill set that I have. So um, there's a few things that it's just not, um, I can, I, I do all of the conflict resolution because that's something that I'm definitely passionate about and I am pretty good about it. And I will keep time for that because it's like absurdly, I absurdly care about it. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a, it's kind of a sprinkling of really, I want to be teaching the parents how to facilitate this in their lives. And, um, yeah, so I'm a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of, would this be fair? You kind of like created this thing that now you understand how it works and you can kind of use that as a reference, but it's not what you're meant to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like a day to day. I'm not really a day to day person on anything. I'm like, start the fire and then leave it to the tenders mm -hmm. and then go start the next fire. That's <laughs> kind of what I do. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a fun, it's, it's nice to know that because I've often, you know, when I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, why am I so bad at this? Like I was so good at this in the beginning and now I just have lost all of my flair for it. And really it doesn't have anything to do with me. I can still do it, but I'm just ready to like start the next fire. Yeah, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the podcast that you're gonna be doing? Yeah, so my husband is uh, has been in on radio and done all this professional like, um, podcast radio he's starting to do some tv and voiceovers cool. and all these things right <clears throat> he's had several podcasts so i needed a way that you know as i've been brainstorming this for so long i'm like okay people need support along the way you have to have somewhere to check in and i was just i need a way to like disseminate the information and also have you know we'll probably do zoom calls that will be recorded on the podcast and different things like that. Like we need Q and A's every week, multiple times a week, probably. Um, and we just need to kind of help people along in the process. So my husband is, uh, here every day. He works from home and, and I also do a lot of writing. So he's like, well, just write yourself a script and we'll just put it together in a podcast. And then also we can, you know, you know do, do Q and A's and all the different things. So yeah, we are starting uh, the unschool show. So that will be coming cool. out. Yeah, coming out in tandem with with the launch. So that'll be fun. That's exciting. The mm -hmm. first it, first real exposure I had to unschooling was through a podcast that was kind of like a limited series called The Unschooling Life. Oh, nice. But each episode was kind of like, what about this? And what, you know, like, what about reading? What about math? What about TV? What about, you know? Right. I basically get the same few questions. I'm answering the same question just over and over and over and over. And every single person has the whole set of questions, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's always the same. <laughs> so answering those um, is super vital. And then really the answer is kind of the same every time right? Like this is how they read. And it's just the same answer every time. Yeah. This is how they learn math. Same answer. This is how they go to college. Same answer. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that'll be nice to be able to, you know, once it's, once it's there and you can just go to it and, and hear that it will be much more accessible because it's hard for, 
you know, it's hard for me to answer all the questions for all the people. Um, so now it will just be available. Yeah. <laughs> Please see episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is, these are the, this is what to listen to first. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a question uh, on that, on that note actually is, do you ha run into this issue in your community where parents have certain objections to certain activities for their children? And so you have to kind of navigate around that. Do you have a policy about not navigating around that? Like, how do you, how do you do that? So that's something that is always in conversation with the staff and the parents, right? Um, but basically we're a self-directed community. Mm -hmm. So we will be there to mention, like the agreement that we will agree to is we're more than willing to remind people of their parent, what their parents have going on, mm -hmm. but we're uninterested in enforcing that. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, hey, you have your new retainer on. Remember that you were going to brush that after lunch but I'm not, that's as far as it'll go. <laughs> Nothing else. Gotcha. So yeah. And that's on every level, right? So that's, that's as far as it goes and just have to be in conversation about that. And if they want, you know, agreements that parents have with their kids is their agreement. Yeah. Same as anything else. So yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I like that. How do you get your kids to brush your teeth um, to brush their teeth, Emily? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how I got my kid an Invisalign because he didn't want to have his braces tightened every six weeks. <laughs> so I was like, this is kind of an important thing. You gotta like really keep the bacteria out of there. Cause it's like basically a cup for bacteria <laughs> to sit in. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was worth it. It's worth it to them. Uh -huh. So we actually have really, really crappy teeth in our family. So uh -huh. they have never, we've never had a problem with like, if there's anything that they can do to avoid annoying dental visits, they do it. And they've always been really good at that. But basically that's the same thing as anything, right? Is the value versus the need. Mm -hmm. You just talk about the value that it is. And then there's a few things like how to get them to unload the dishwasher, which is a little bit different. And, um, I really, I don't know how I came up with this again. It's like, I, I clocked my 10,000 hours before I ever had a child. So I just know stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like I'm their portal into this world and I have to meet their basic needs of like food, shelter, water, warmth, rest. And that's kind of all. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'll provide those. And then everything that's on top of those, we can do as an agreement. Hmm. So if you're interested in being provided sugary foods, then you'll need to be in agreement with me that we brush our teeth. Hmm. So because food, right? Like I can provide you foods without sugar and then I will protect your teeth. So if you're going to leave it to me to protect your teeth, then I'm going to give you only the foods that will protect your teeth. But if you can make an agreement to just pop in and brush your teeth after your candy bar, then I'll also provide you with the candy bar. Mm. 
So yeah, it comes down to like really the base level. Like this is what I'm providing you. And then anything above and beyond that, we can do it on agreement basis. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can have like one dish and one meal, <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> like, there's a really basic thing. And if you always bring it back to like, we don't have to be doing any of this. We can mm-hmm. just be at the base level. And a really wonderful um, example that happened with me to affirm that was, um, my youngest, who's 12 now, gosh, he, he had to be only less than five, but we were really having a hard time keeping his room clean. Right. Right. And he was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's too much. And one day I heard him say that. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's too much. And he was like, yes, it's too much. I can't put all of this stuff away. And I was like, is it too much at all? Like, do you just not want all this stuff? And he was like, (laughs) no, I don't want any of this stuff. There's like three items here that I want. And it turns out I had been like, well, you need this and you need that. And you need the other thing. And grandma was saying that and grandpa (laughs) was saying it, dad was saying it. And he was like all clumped up with all these things. And really he didn't need any of that. He just wanted like literally three items and he was good. And guess what? He could manage those three items perfectly. So it's always an agreement, right? Like, okay, if you have 500 items, what's our agreement going to be about that? Because it can be, we can find an agreement if it's of value to you. And if it's not of value to you, I have this giant black garbage bag that I'm more than willing to pop it in there and just take Mm -hmm. it to the will. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my six-year-old says it's too much work to clean up his room, but he also doesn't want to get rid of anything. Yeah. So I just always say, if you, if it's valuable to you, then it also has to be valuable to you to navigate it. And if you make it have to be my value, then I'm going to make it my value. So if I have to pick those items up, I'm going to pick them up and put them in the trash. That's what, that's what, if I have to care about them, that's my care. So you can care about them your way, or I can care about them my way. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's very basic. Five-year-olds can do it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Love it. And then we do a lot of visible feedback so that it's not, um, you know, once you get practice at it, you do it, you just do it naturally. But at the beginning, everything's written on a post-it note and you actually check in once a week to see how that's going Mm -hmm. so that you're trying a lot of different things. So you don't end up just being like, ah, if it's going to be my values, then it's going to be my values. And you just go in there and sweep all their stuff up. Right. And crush them. So it's not like that. We brainstorm, we talk about what are the values are. These are your values. These are my values. What do we think would be a good place to meet both of those? Mm -hmm. And then we just try something out for only one single week. Right. So we got seven days. Is nobody going to cry about this plan? Yes. Okay. We'll try it. And then we're going to check in the next week and see if that worked or didn't work. Mm Yeah. So in that case, if you're like, okay, well, we're going to do my values. And so we're putting everything in a black garbage bag. The garbage bag can sit around for one week, right? Mm-hmm. Until they decide like, okay, I'm not really happy with that. I actually cared about that more than I thought. I want all those things back. And now I'm going to invest in them a little more. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's a process of like building and building and building until you get something that works for everybody. Yes. I remember this from our last podcast, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty foundational, uh, it works in our, with our 
homes and, and it's how we build um, our intentional culture, right? That's how we do our culture of like, I don't want someone screaming in this room, but I really want to scream in this room. Like everything is that back and forth to find out what's going to, what's going to meet everyone's needs and values. I, I decided yesterday I wasn't going to mediate my son's arguments anymore. <laughs> a good one. It, it's a, it's a pattern because I had to mediate my parents' arguments growing up. <laughs> I didn't have to, but I guess that's sort of like what I, what I uh, became. Um, right. So it was, I realized it was kind of a habit for me. And, and so yesterday I was like, I'm just going to let you scream at each other. And so the one time it was like, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And it was like, rah, 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 and then it was over. It's over. And then the second time it happened, it was like in front of me while I was trying to communicate with them. And I was like, I need you to hear what I'm saying right now. You can finish this later. I'm going to speak <laughs> and then I'm going to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, but they're really... It really is. And what I love about talking to you too, is that it, you realize that it really is so much easier than you've been making it. I think we really try to overcomplicate parenting. Yeah, because it's really not our responsibility, right? But we do know that they need things. And mm -hmm. so if we can just help them to verbalize and identify their needs and, you know, cause that's, I think the thing that we really facilitate well in is like, I know that you need to have these boots on. Your little toes are going to be blue at the end of this walk, right? Like we understand their needs, but they don't. So it's really wonderful. And it brings that magic back to be able to facilitate instead of being forcing them to wear their boots, right? Like now we're just bringing up like, baby, I'm going to be so sad when your toes are turning blue and do you want to wear band-aids on them for the next week? And what if I have to take you to the doctor? Like, this is going to be so sad. So then they're like, oh gosh, she really cares about me. Like, I'm going to put these boots on as opposed to like, oh my gosh, just put your boots on, get outside. <laughs> so it's just a whole different thing of that. It's, it's deepening relationship instead of really tearing it apart mm. is, is what it ends up doing. Yeah. I remember when I first, um, I had my first child, it took me, actually it was even before that. No, I think it was after I had him. As I realized I was like, oh, it was like around me turn two, you know, cause they, they start to have like an actual will. And I was like, if I want him to do the things that I want, I'm either going to have to earn his respect or I'm going to, he's going to have to fear me. Hmm. I really wow. don't want him to fear me. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty brilliant. Like to come to when he was only two. That's, that's yeah. I mean, a it takes a while to, you know, figure out how you do that and not just to like get him to do things I want him to do, but more, more what you, that was how I verbalized it at the time, but it, the way that you're putting it makes a lot more sense is, you know, yeah, you're going to have to throw down and be like, this is what you have to do. Cause I said, so like, right. in essence, it just comes down to, cause I said, so, um, as opposed to really, we don't care. Like, I don't care if you wear your boots outside or not actually, mm. but I do care that I'm going to have to take care of your feet for the next two weeks. If you do. Right. So that's, you know, 
where I, I always said my main parenting, I only have one parenting rule and that is self-preservation. <laughs> and um, yeah, because right, like put your, put your own uh, oxygen mask on first. <laughs> so I'm just like, if, if you just roll with that and then you teach them, like basically what we're bringing forward to them is how they can self-preserve as well. Mm. If you value all of these toys and there's so many of them, like let's figure out a way that you can hold those values and that it can work for you and for everyone else. Like that's a phenomenal practice. And really that's all you need to live an independent life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one singular skill <laughs> that's a brilliant note to conclude on I think <laughs> would you like to share with everyone how they can get in touch with you and start listening to your podcast and all that oh yeah we're launching uh January 16th so the podcast will be um the unschool show and gosh we haven't even got it launched yet so I guess look in all the podcast places yeah, well, that, by so the time we'll, this releases, it will be out. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's the Unschool Show. Um, check that out by Emily Quant, and then uh, I love hearing from people individually. So anyone can feel free to email me, uh, Emily at emilyquant.com. The Quant has a silent D in it. Um, and then also, if you are looking for support or want to join the system, uh, we, we can also do that. We have a Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Emily Quant. And that's, that's me. Ooh, can you explain what people get when they sign up for your Patreon? And how there's, there's a few levels. Um, basically, if somebody is just learning and not quite ready to really launch into the whole community building thing, but they just want to observe. We've kind of broken it down so that you can get the levels of support without having to dive in the whole way, so. Oh, cool, great. All right, well, thank you, Emily. Thanks for having me. Thank y'all for joining us. If you have questions or feedback about this episode, feel free to comment, rate. Also, you can send me an email. Um, inspired artist podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank Thanks you. for tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us so please check those out and if you'd like to stay in touch with me you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com we'll see you in the next episode bye